hold those moments will be lost in time. Like tears. Welcome to Film Runners, everybody. Hello. Hi. Abiento. <laughs> I feel like I haven't heard anybody say that since I used to watch TVO. What, who, what was the Anana, the the pineapple who would speak French? Yeah. Yes. Even though, isn't Anana? Isn't that a banana? No. <laughs> Maybe. No, a banana is probably like a banana or something like that. Un banana. <laughs> I don't know French. <laughs> it's, it's clear. It, it, remember how, in the 90s? How long though? did you. T- t- yes, I remember the 90s. Yeah, when we'd have to. When we started learning French or whatever, we'd have to stay, say the. Uh, the year like when we'd say the date and oh, 1998 or whatever yeah, yeah it was like it oh i wish i could remember how it went but it's it, it's like it, you've got okay, to do so math <laughs> while yeah, you're talking it wa- because the french word for 80 is like 20 times 4 and so 90 is like 20 times 4 plus 10 plus 18 or whatever yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. What a fucked up language. Yeah, so it was it was like dix-neuf, quatre-vingt, dix-neuf, neuf. Oh, mille neuf was 1999, right? That's it. Mille yeah. Yeah, I forgot about mille Millennium, yeah. Mille neuf Yeah, Snow White's yeah. villain. Mille neuf Mille too is coming out soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Well, now that we've lost uh, the French-speaking audience that tunes in diligently every week, why don't we talk about the movie? What movie do we have here? I I say, okay, uh, State Like Sweep. <laughs> why did you say that as if you were reading it off of the sheet like, oh, yeah, this is my part, as if it's like written. <laughs> I don't know. This is a highly scripted podcast. It's researched. <laughs> So, Inchid, if you want to lead off the uh, lead credits and who the uh, best boy was on this film. There's a lot of those, though. So I don't know how to pick. Okay. Um, but, like, State Like Sleep uh, was directed by Meredith Dalt. Fuck me. Dan Luck. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's about a woman whose husband dies mysteriously quote-unquote but they all rule it as suicide and she kind of goes throughout the movie kind of like trying to figure out if her husband actually killed himself or if there was like other circumstances afoot so it's kind of like this mysterious erotic thriller that's like super hypnotic as well it literally Mm -hmm. feels like you're walking on clouds when you watch it Oh, and it has, like, Catherine Watterson, who's, like, amazing. And Michael Shannon, uh, best boy number one. Michael Heisman, best boy number two. And Luke Evans as a blonde best boy number three. I thought you weren't going to include him as a best boy. Just And Luke Evans as a blonde. <laughs> 
I love him blonde though. <laughs> like he's so pretty as a blonde, which is not a color that boys should have, but Luke Evans should have it. Yeah, it weirdly worked for him because it, it's so not his like coloring. Like he's a very like tall, dark, and handsome kind of guy, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it's like very obviously artificial. But I was I dug it. Like it makes sense for a sleazy like nightclub owner. <laughs> like, yeah, it world. completely worked for his character. Like if you swapped Absolutely, the yeah. looks of his character and Michael Shannon's, it wouldn't have worked at all. I I do not want to see Michael Shannon with frosted tips. I do now. <laughs> Michael Shannon is Smash Mouth. Hey now, you're an That would be amazing. A Smash Mouth biopic starring Michael Shannon. <laughs> and he's so intense, he's like full on take shelter mode the entire time. <laughs> oh no. So I don't know how we usually start these off since we haven't done one in forever. We haven't, <laughs> but I mean, it's it's your movie. You get to lead the episode. So where do you, where do you want this conversation to go? What do you want to to ask us? Uh, I where don't do- want to lead the episode. That's a thing that I don't want to do. So <laughs> uh, she did. She pulled the classic. I wish for more wishes. Where if she's leading the episode, she can choose to not eat it. Uh. Well, I mean, I'll say right off the bat, I had not heard of this movie before, uh, even though it only came out last year. So this is my first time ever watching it. And uh, I found myself being really enthralled in it. It definitely had that sort of uh, girl with the dragon tattoo, sort of like Scandi noir energy. Mm -hmm. And they... They took it to an interesting place that I didn't predict uh, how the end, like how the last act would turn out, but I really respected them for it. So yeah, color me very pleasantly surprised with this thing. (laughs) Michael? Uh, I gotta say, I'm bordering on uh, not recommending it. I (laughs) I didn't think it ultimately worked. I think the parts were greater than the sum. Like, I agree with generally what you guys are saying, but I don't think it came together totally, so I would like... uh, I don't think I can wholeheartedly say I I liked it, um, but I like big chunks of it. Should we just spoil the twist in order to talk about it? Because I think that really did color my understanding of the film as a whole. But I I can hold off on it if you want. Is the twist the fact that it's not really a murder mystery? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, then, I mean, yeah, let's talk about yeah, it. Cause... So th- this whole movie is structured like a like a noir thriller, like a murder mystery. And the twist is that, like, after it's investigated, it, it was just a suicide. Mm-hmm. It was just something that happened that these people have to deal with. And so you have, like, the structure and all the trappings of a thriller. But really what's happening is just a drama. Yep. And I, mm-hmm. and I felt that was a very interesting way to, to bring out shades and colors in these characters and really make us examine grief. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely like, um, it's got the trappings of a neo-noir. Um, it's, it sort of borders on erotic thriller or seems like it's going to at one point. Mm-hmm. And then it ultimately is just a character piece about like living with grief or dealing with grief. I agree that I, I like how those all worked together but then i don't really think it nailed the ending like i get that it chose to be like oh this is just a character piece but it's like 
we also do sort of they throw in like a here is an answer to a mystery even though it wasn't really the one that she was looking for and mm-hmm. that part felt really clunky when Stefan was that the dead husband's name yeah mm-hmm. Michael Heisman uh, the guy from Game of Thrones <laughs> when he uh uh, when his mother was like, oh, I like the pictures that it looked like he was having an affair because blah, blah, blah. And sort of like a lot of exposition that was kind of pointless in the sense that like it felt like a half-assed attempt to pay off any kind of mystery while not necessarily pleasing anybody with it. You know what I mean? Because it's like if you're all in on it being just a, a treatise on grief then you don't really need that at all. Mm-hmm. And as a conclusion to a mystery thing, it's not very satisfying because no one really cared about that. So I think the ending kind of didn't work for me. So it didn't it didn't come to it didn't gel well for me. I can see that, but for me the fact that it had a non-ending worked well because like it it essentially set this machine in motion and then told you it's like, no, that's not what we're doing at all. And so you were left, I I don't even want to say unsatisfied, because I was satisfied with the idea that I wasn't going to be satisfied at the end of it. At the end of grief, you never really, you're never really satisfied. You just (laughs) kind of keep on living. Like, and that's like one reason why I really like the ending, because it's just like, she gets, she just gets this, she just gets an ending. She doesn't get a happy ending. She doesn't get a sad ending. She just gets an ending. Yeah. And it's kind of just like, well, that's what she's left with, so that's what you're going to be left with. Like, when I saw this at Tribeca, no one liked the ending. And that spoiled the entire movie for them. Yeah. Like, they were just like, this should have been, like, wrapped up at least in a linear way. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, well, if you're dealing with grief, you don't really deal with it in a linear way. You deal with no, moments. That's that's the thing, too. I really liked how we sort of flashed all over the place because it yeah. really felt like these are the moments that maybe you are obsessing over. Or they're the moments that you can't let go and they're going to pop up at unexpected times. Exactly. Because, like, you do, like, you, like, her dealing with, like, this thing, then this thing, then this thing, then this thing. And it's kind of just, like, her dealing with her mom, her dealing with her mother-in-law, her dealing with, like, the flashback memories of her husband, her dealing with, like, the dude now. It's kind of just, like, these are what these are just the moments that happen to you while you are just living in this state. Like, you are not happy, you're not sad, you're not anything, you're just there. Like, you're you're breathing, but you're not really living. And that's one thing I really liked about, like, Catherine's character as a whole because like she was just she was just like this umbrella of an idea of grief but then there's so many things underneath it that it's kind of just like oh I want you to do better after all this is over but I know that's probably not gonna happen yeah I think um those moments work really well throughout the film like the flashes of um flashing back to when she found him dead or flashing back to like earlier um and their life together and stuff like that those worked really well throughout the film as just sort of moments right like you Mm -hmm. said Mm-hmm. I liked her grief storyline throughout the film, too. Like, the way she acted character-wise and, and the way the actor portrayed her worked really well to sell that, to sell that, like, the most important thing is how she's feeling and not necessarily the mystery. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have a problem with that in general. Did you just have a problem with, like, the mystery? <laughs> I, th- I almost wish... No, I don't know. Because the mystery was <laughs> fine. Like, they didn't... The thing is, I don't think they committed enough to 
eh, I don't know. They always sort of seem to tease it into getting better. And it never really did. <laughs> Honestly, the greatest part of the film is, I mean, almost inarguably the least important part of the film, uh, which is the Michael Shannon subplot. Yes. I was riveted. I loved any time they were on screen together. I have so many notes on Michael Shannon in particular, so much that at one point I, I wrote down, this movie is about getting over your prejudices and trusting that Michael Shannon isn't a creep. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like, it almost, because it flirts with being a mystery and, and almost being an erotic thriller and stuff like that, you expect to find out, like, he's a detective hired by the mother or he's the one who actually killed, like, you expect some sort of turn in his character, yeah, especially because he's Michael dude. Shannon. But he's just, well, you, that's you the just thing. warm he's, to him. Yeah, he's just a He's an extremely effective, handsome leading man in like a romantic <laughs> you film. Just, you don't expect that from Michael Shannon. I think we've no. talked about Michael Shannon before in that way. Yeah, he like kills it one hundred percent. He's like a fantastic in it. Mm-hmm. Like the best scene in the entire film is when they're, in, in my opinion, because um, I wouldn't be saying your opinions. <laughs> that would be weird. Um, is when they're talking about words over dinner, <laughs> right? When they're talking <laughs> about words that sound like what they mean. Oh, yeah, I love that part. Yeah, that was, like, my favorite scene in the entire thing. It was great. They also have, like, such weird chemistry together that I'm just like, you guys should not work at all, but I want you guys to, like, walk out of this with your heads held high. But, like, what the fuck? And they just should work. (laughs) They kind of do. I mean, he's still married. Michael Shannon's... Yeah, he's married. He's gonna go back to his wife. But, I mean, they had a nice, like... It ended with a nice touching moment with them. He's so old Hollywood in it, I felt. Like, he was giving a performance that I honestly would be at home in, like, a 60s film. Oh, yeah. Very much like um, Spencer Tracy kind of leading man. <laughs> kind Like, not like a pretty boy, but like a, you know, a great actor who they're like, well, we need a great actor to deliver this romantic dialogue, so let's make him look as handsome <laughs> as possible and let him do it. And they did it. Yeah, he nailed it. It makes me, it literally makes me want to see Michael Shannon in like, uh, I don't know, a remake of some old Cary Grant movie or something, because <laughs> he would nail it. He would absolutely destroy it. I'm looking at my notes right now, and my first note should have tipped me off towards how it ends, because it's the quote that Stefan says in his interview when he says, without stories, the truth is too random. And that's this entire film. It's you trying to put a story on his death and everything that happened around it, when really it is just random events. It's life. Yeah. Yeah. Those, the moment, like the the interview scenes, I wasn't a huge fan of, probably because, even though I didn't have that quote written down, now it does seem like it's almost too much of a hat on a hat. Like, we're going to have him sort of explicitly spell out the parts that would unlock what the film is, <laughs> but it's like, it's also showing him as like, not too perfect, but like, I'm sure everybody whose husband is dead wishes they had a video of him saying all this wonderful stuff about like, love and life, I was you know what I mean? that as well. <laughs> yeah, it's like almost too perfect. I was like, sort of like the- how nice is it for her that she has all these recordings of his face and his voice? That's <laughs> yeah. lovely. It yeah. made me think that like, when, when we die, this podcast will exist. Wow. God damn. Yeah, that's true. You two are going to die. <laughs> I'm not. I'm going to cut my head off and get it frozen like uh, old, what's his name? The racist guy. Walt Disney? Yeah, that's right. <laughs>
Oh, want to know my second favorite scene in the movie? Yes. Did it take place in the sex club? It took place in a bathroom. <laughs> 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 oh, that scene was so awkward and uncomfortable. <laughs> Why don't you explain what the scene was? Just... I don't want to. Uh, so Catherine meets a guy at a bar, takes him home. He asks her to make a bath for them, I guess. Asks her to get into the bathtub. And then proceeds to wash her hair and come. Yeah. Wait, and, right? You said and 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 not in. And. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, One of my notes is, why does this guy want a bubble bath with some rando bar hookup? And my next (laughs) note is, LOL, okay, that's why. (laughs) (laughs) See, I, I could absolutely tell. It was some sort of kink, and my note was, let's discuss kinks first. Like, let's go through the scenario that I would like to enact here to see if you're comfortable with it. Because she she was not comfortable with it. Well, yes. uh, I think she was was more uncomfortable with the mystery. I, I feel like because she didn't know what the fuck he was going to right. do right yeah. like she seemed yeah, yeah yeah so i agree with that also but afterwards after the scene i was like hmm, i could see like her enjoying that because <laughs> it's like <laughs> she just got her hair washed you know what i mean like i don't know michael she had a lot of volume after that yeah that was like Ooh. It was hilarious <laughs> to that scene of then her standing in the hallway and running into Michael Shannon and her hair was like fucking crazy. Yeah. Hair. It was wild. Speaking of, I mean, her hair looks great. I was very glad to see the Alien Covenant haircut again. Yeah. I didn't realize that this was filmed either before or after or during. And I was just like, oh my god. She has the hair. It was really cute. <laughs> it's, it's a good look, and I liked the way that that differentiated the before and after the death for her. Yeah. What did you guys think about Luke Evans? I mean, he's a crazy motherfucker. Is he? Shot a bird. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> I, I really liked when we finally hit the twist, and, you know, like this, like, sleazy nightclub owner, uh, drug dealer, gun-toting guy. And we learn, like, he's like, no, that was my best friend, and I loved him. And he's so earnest in that. And I was trying to figure out, I'm like, all right, so where, when does he, like, now pull out his own gun and shoot her? But I liked that it, that he, he, he really did love him. He loved Stefan. Yep. Wish he didn't shoot that bird. <laughs> <laughs> he was fine. I mean, he, he played the character well. Um, uh, Luke Evans is an actor that I always want to be better than I think he actually is. Um, he's perfectly fine, but I'm always like, oh, I bet he'll like put in a great performance, and I don't think I've ever seen a great performance from him. But he's done perfectly fine performances. He's just an okay actor. Just pretty okay. He, he is, but for some reason I want better for him. I can <laughs> see that. I can absolutely see that. Luckily, I think, like, environment and hair were doing a lot of favors for him in this movie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, like, I mean, I know I have a, a lot of experience in sex clubs, but for you two, how did, how did you feel those scenes? The only experience out? with sex clubs you have is the club you hit people over the head with before you have sex with them. I hate this conversation. I'm just kidding. You're not a rapist. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, 
it's it's very it's um kind of tame. <laughs> I don't know. Did we did we see a boob in this movie? No, no boobs. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we saw a boob one. No, I don't know. I maybe maybe I think because the whole thing, the whole movie. The title is very apt to me because it was a state like sleep, uh, which I know is like what grief is, right? But the movie itself was very floaty, you Mm -hmm. know? And it was actually, I think, surprisingly for a movie like that, where it's very, it can be very ethereal at times, like lots of long silent scenes, or it actually moved at a pretty good pace. Like, never once did I feel like it was dragging, which is weird for like this type of film but i think it should have gone it should have leaned harder into either the erotic thriller vibe or the more stylistic aspects of the neo-noir thing to make the turn even more drastic because like i was getting throughout the whole thing that she was dealing with grief and that that was the most important storyline so then when everything else ends and it's just about that it didn't really feel like a twist to me or any sort of story turn it just felt like they stopped the other two and this one kept going do you think that it's it's because you picked up on it early enough or like because you were following that thread that that's why you didn't enjoy it as much no because i mean it's they didn't hide it you know like if you remember when we covered the guest how rachel hated it because she saw the the man, she's the, the main character as like a deadly killing machine the entire time. <laughs> I guess, but I mean, did either of you not realize that like her dealing with her grief was like one of the biggest aspects of the story? I mean, it wasn't like hidden, right? No, it kind of like it set out. It set out to like give you that message like straight up beforehand. They were just kind of like, yeah, her husband died. She's sad. This is what you get. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like there just wasn't a big enough switch for the ending, which, like, I have no problem with it being a um, an anti-twist or, like, a, a no real ending. I think that's cool and audacious. I just think without it being a big enough turn, it really didn't hit me at all. So it was sort of like the movie was pleasant and charming and then it just ended, which is fine. <laughs> like, it was, I didn't, I did not enjoy watching it, but, you know. It didn't really hit me that hard. Yeah. I don't know. I guess for me, I was just very much into the genre that it was aping and the the mystery hits. Like, I thought it was, okay, she's going to conquer her grief through unraveling this mystery. You know, then it's going to be like, and now you can rest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I, and and so that for me, uh, nearer that third act, I was piecing it together that there wasn't going to be an ending. Especially when she went yeah. to the cops and they're like, yeah, uh, we we investigated all of this already. We did a very thorough job. It, that was a really <laughs> funny scene, actually, where they're like, yeah, we're cops. Like, we definitely checked a bunch of this stuff out. But yeah, I mean, it's not, I'm not saying, and uh, I'm not saying, like, I guess that it was going to end, like, I thought she would have some emotional closure or something at the end, but I didn't guess that they'd be like, oh, they're going to drop the entire needle or aspect. <laughs> it's just going to be a character study. So like that was still a surprise for me, but it, I I kind of felt like the the mystery aspect was a little half-assed throughout the thing. So it, it, them dropping it didn't really feel like a big moment to me, really. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe I wasn't that into the actual neo-noir stuff. Because again, her just hooking up with Michael Shannon was those were my favorite parts of the film and he ultimately had nothing to do with anything really 
Incha, what thread did you follow when you first watched this? Like, what what was your main take with it? I basically was kind of just in it for the... Okay, uh, this is going to be a weird... It's going to sound like a weird process. Like, I was in it mostly when I first heard about it for the murder... Mis- like, for the mystery aspect of it. Because I was like, okay... That makes sense. And then reading that in the book, it made sense. But then sitting down, I was more interested in the character study. Except for Catherine, they're not really that strong. But you can get a good sense of them, even though, like, it's a short, like, like everybody's, like, little bits are short. But that kind of made me love it a lot more. Like, I really didn't want... I don't know how to properly say it. Like, I really didn't, like, care that much about, like, anything else but the characters at the end of the movie. Like, I wanted, like, everybody to at least be okay, even if Stefan was dead, even if, like, this girl was going to end up killing herself or whatever. But, like, I just wanted, like, I, like, following the characters and kind of, like, going into a state, like, sleep with every single character, because like they're dealing with grief as she is about this one guy so it's kind of just like seeing how everybody together is handling the death of this one guy was really just much more interesting to me than like following up on like the erotic thriller parts of it the neo-noir parts of it like anything else parts of it i was just like i just want to see how every character gets out of this alive that's true because it it isn't just catherine it's all of the characters are, are dealing with grief in some way. Yeah. Like, mo- mostly all because of Stefan. But, you know, you can say Michael Shannon's character was, like, kind of grieving the death of his marriage, perhaps. Or, I mean, I wouldn't even say his marriage, because he seemed to make it kind of clear that, like... He's good with clear, that. But that his mar- <laughs> yeah, that is... Mar- but, like, sort of, clearly the death of, like... I don't know, whatever life he sort of wanted to have. Because yeah. <laughs> he doesn't seem like a particularly happy guy, even though he seems like content. Yeah, like the, yeah. the death of the life yeah. that that marriage gave him. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And you know who was great? Uh, I thought Mary Kay Place was really good as Catherine's mother. Yes. Um, yeah. F- while we had her. You know, <laughs> before she was sort of comatose for most of the movie. And you know who was terrible? Or here, let, well, let me rephrase that. What did you people think of Catherine's sister, who we only ever heard about before? <laughs> yeah, who didn't exist before that scene? She was a lot. Like, so for somebody who can't get on a plane and go see their mother as they're in the hospital, you shut up and let me do my job. Like, how, how long of a period was that? Because it felt like weeks. It had to be, like, over, like, six months. Right? It's like... it's It felt like it. <laughs> it's very weird, and it's like... I feel like the first phone call when she gets when her sister chastises her, it, it it almost felt like we were missing a piece of information, as in like, as if there was something in her history where she was mean to her mom right. in some way. So like, and the sister blamed her for that or something. But we don't get that. Like, she seems like a perfectly fine daughter. No, <laughs> so uh, I don't know it, why. It is the weakest element of the movie is sister exposition. Yeah, you really could have cut that out, or like done something else with it you know what yeah. I mean? like it definitely needed tweaking that was the one that st- stuck out to me the most is like weird but i mean it made me laugh at how very clearly awful <laughs> the sister yeah. was like um great side characters though uh 
a neck. Was it the girl with like the really 90s hair? No, I'm talking about Stefan's mom. Oh, I hated her. Oh my yeah, god. I, but I loved to hate her. <laughs> she was such yeah. a bitch. <laughs> yeah, the, that's what I, I like the dinner scene flashback. And when she first, because it's Belgium? Belgium? Yeah, Is that Belgium. Right? Yeah. Place, right? yeah. When she first comes back to the like apartment or whatever, and then it's basically a sort of argument between her and Catherine, and then Mary Kay Place is like, everybody chill the fuck out, like, relax. <laughs> and I like how Mary Kay Place then, like, they, she tries to get on with it, and she's like, I have a headache, fuck this, we'll come back tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, I am too mad. Yeah, I like, I, I liked her, I liked her She was too. a good and foil. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and it was fitting that she was the one at the end who sort of, I guess, drove Stefan to kill himself accidentally, mm-hmm. right? Or not kill himself accidentally, but she accidentally drove him to do it. And that worked well. I just thought the reveal of it was really clunky, but, like, the actors were all good, so. Ooh, here's a question. How did you guys feel about that scene with Stefan, Catherine, and her in the restaurant? Like, it when made he... Stefan into such a mama's boy. <laughs> like, when she's like, we'll talk about this later. And he's like, he's uh, like no, no, I already decided. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It really showed shades of her character there. He's not a he's not a mommy's boy, but she's mommy dearest. <laughs> yeah, and it also kind of uh, like I liked the scene because I thought all three of them were good in it, but it kind of didn't make much sense character wise because she was saying that she was like worried about him. You know, it seemed as if she was she was concerned he wasn't taking being like a big star serious enough or something. Right. Yeah. But it's like, wouldn't moving to America be the right move for no, somebody? No, she like, was just, she was selfish. A big yeah. She didn't want her baby boy yeah, but gone. I mean, but if he's big, she can move to the U.S. Like, they offered her a bed and breakfast, Michael. <laughs> she yeah, but she I mean, wants her lowest on the totem pole. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's when she visits. I'm sure. That was the opening bit. So this is a negotiation. (laughs) And they open with bed and breakfast when you visit. She counters with move in with you. And then they settle on a nice, respectable, they will buy her an apartment in the city. That's how negotiations work. I know. She never gave him the chance. No. She was like, "Mm, I think I'll just get you to kill yourself, (laughs) probably. Would she have been happy in New York, though? Uh, Probably. I mean, there are lots of pieces of shit in New York. Why wouldn't she be happy? Can confirm, yes. <laughs> uh, another character I absolutely loved in this, who I th- I felt like his scene was way too late in the movie, but the trainer. That guy was so cool. Who <laughs> was <laughs> when she goes to the gym and he's like, you know, I've been kind of piecing this together, and he's left handed. <laughs> admittedly, it's fucking hilarious <laughs> when they were because literally his whole point is to be like to be like. Oh, I don't think he actually could have shot himself. Think about the clues. Think about the evidence. Well, see ya. And then he pieces out yeah. of the movie again. He kind of like, like, he might as well have just given her a wink. Like he, it, it almost seemed like he was like the script supervisor <laughs> ran up to her and was like, now this is the part where you realize that maybe he couldn't have shot himself in the head because he's really left-handed. Like this guy had insider yeah. knowledge. And then the cops being like, it's a, it's a gun. You can use it with either hand. <laughs> <laughs> Also, if we look here, he was using it with that hand in the film. 
<laughs> yeah, that was a really funny part too, though, because he was, she was like, because she showed them the clip from the TV show, yeah. right, and was like, "See, he's using his right hand with the gun in the show," and they were like, "Yeah, but he is left-handed," <laughs> and she was like, "Yeah, I know, but not with a gun," and they were like, mm, "Guns and hands don't really work that way." But okay, <laughs> they're like, "Who do you want us to complain to?" NBC. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is like she's nitpicking the. T- that's her problem. She's like, "No, you got to tell the TV show, re-edit this, <laughs> you flip the image or something." There were so many times in this movie where i i started to write get it for Catherine, and and then had to pull it back <laughs> and until finally she got a good scene with michael shannon where she was like can we can we just can we do it normal which i really liked i like yeah. she's like look i'm just i'm just trying to get it but not weird <laughs> michael shannon was 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 strangely adorable in that yeah. scene too though when he he kind of really didn't like it like he, he didn't want that kind of a hookup yeah. you know what i mean which was odd but like funny like it worked really well it does seem see here's the thing i kind of i think i wanted the sleazier version of this and then the ending would have hit me a little harder i think because she definitely should have hooked up with luke evans she should have hooked up with michael shannon a couple times she should have brought that fucking weirdo with the bubble bath and the hair back <laughs> she have done lots of- that's who she should have been within the last scene she should he should have been at her side and her hair is just voluptuous <laughs> yeah it's like her hair is just bonkers crazy uh what was going on with her who was she, she, so she was surveilling luke evans right because she thought he killed Stefan. yes mm-hmm. um and then what was there was like some big aha kind of moment that she had when Stefan was arguing with what's her name uh the girl from the 90s the, yeah and then she but then she confronts him about it and then you find out Stefan like he was but what were what what does he say they were arguing about I, do, I, I mean, don't know. Ultimately, it's not important. No, right? and that's the thing. Thing. There are so many leads that ultimately aren't important, but yeah. you're ju- you're just grasping yeah, yeah. onto them, hoping to make sense of it all to build a story. That bedroom conversation made me like hate myself a little bit more. Like, why is this what uh, pillow talk feels like? It's just like Michael Shannon being like, "Yeah, birds are neat, aren't they?" <laughs> <laughs> But you can't say you're a bird because everybody wants to be a bird. Like I can say whatever I want, fucking want to. Like his, I I started to write down because he's talking about how how birds we think they're up there like doing it so easy, and I literally started writing a note of like, oh, it looks easy for birds, but they actually work hard. Like we have to work hard through our grief. And then he said, birds want hands. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and okay backspace backspace yeah i did not like that <laughs> a much better scene was like later when he comes over the next day or whatever and then they talk about the fact that he's married mm-hmm. or not. that was a very that good, was scene. A good scene. no talk of bird hands or <laughs> like that just the nitty-gritty here's a question if you were an animal what animal would you want to be some sort of bird with hands probably. no you can't pick birds <laughs> We've established this. Um, probably either a polar bear or a pig, because polar bears are cool, but pigs are pretty fucking yeah, cool too. So, or a raccoon, they have or some been. sort of raccoon pig bear would be pretty great. I mean, isn't that a panda? I'm just describing a panda. I want to be a panda. The more and more I talk about it, the more I realize this is a panda. <laughs> I just sound like I want to be a panda. What about you, Billy? 
You see, when you first act, at first I'm like, all right, Triceratops. But... Will he be dead? <laughs> no, like, I assume I'm going to be alive at the time. I could be the only Triceratops. Remember remember when, you know? when that one was sick and Laura Dern <laughs> put her head on his tummy? Yeah, anytime I watch that movie, I want to hug a yeah, Triceratops. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I want to be a Triceratops and Laura Dern to tend to me. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> who, who doesn't want that? Yeah, while Jeff Goldblum, like, is in awe of the size of your shit. <laughs> Just, that's the perfect life. <laughs> This jungle blue marveling at the size of your shits while Laura Dern tends to you. <laughs> and you're just like, I shouldn't exist in several different ways. How about you, Incha? Uh, a sea otter. Oh, yeah, I could have, yeah, I should have yeah. guessed that. Yeah. <laughs> you have the water and the land. Yeah. You know, in the land before time, you know, Sarah, the Triceratops? Yep. Her father's name in the credits is Daddy Tops. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it can't be that. What were the yeah, others' names? It was Littlefoot, Sarah, Petey. Littlefoot, Sarah, Ducky. Ducky. And then Petey? Petey. What was the. What was Spike, the... Spike, Spike, Spike. Spike. The Ankylosaur. brother. Yeah. Did you guys ever watch like the movie We're Back? Hell uh, yeah. yeah, a dinosaur Hell, story. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The John, John Goodman, Goodman, Steven Spielberg classic. Yeah. <laughs> I still want to go to a circus that cool. No, you don't. What's a guy? <laughs> screw eye, screw eye, or something. Screw eye. It is screw eye. Yeah. Is that a Don Bluth? Uh, check. I think so. It might be a straight Spielberg though. No. It's absolutely produced by, uh, but no, yeah. it is it is directed by Phil Niblink and Simon Wells, and two more credits: Dick Zone Zondag and Ralph Zondag. Oh, I love oh the Zondags, <laughs> the Zondag brothers. But hey, if you ask me for what my favorite John Goodman, Rhea Perlman, Jay Leno movie is, I have an answer for you. <laughs> You know what? My favorite John Goodman, Jay Leno movie is The Flintstones, but that's just <laughs> What is Captain New Eyes in that movie is played by Walter Cronkite. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Back to and we're back. Daylight Sleep. We're back! Um, what did you, you both think of the score? Um... I don't. I guess it didn't make an impression on me. <laughs> I, I really. I can't recall it. I thought. I mean, I thought the direction in the cinematography was fantastic, but I don't really remember the score. <laughs> was it good? I, I really liked it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I was wondering whether you were pointing it out because it was good or bad. <laughs> the soundtrack was really good. Yeah, it added so much to the atmosphere to just keep it in that sort of droning state-like sleep quality yeah. to Ooh. it. I especially liked when we got uh, that little clip of the Stormbreaker show that Stefan was supposed to be in, and the score was completely different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, the cop show? Yeah. Yeah. No, what's it called? It's called Steel Chase? Still Steel Chase, yeah. Steel oh, Chase. Oh, Steel yeah, Chase. Yeah. Not yeah, Stormbreaker. Yeah, yeah. You were it's, you know, some, like, strong yeah. word. Strong word. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want, I want, like, just a mixtape of Luke Evans' characters like just track list 
Because I feel like he would have some, like, really good new wave stuff. Yeah. I love how he's just like, hey, you like new wave? <laughs> <laughs> and he gets so upset when the guy switches the music. <laughs> so bad. Too mad, even. I really like that scene with, like, him and Catherine Waterson. Like, I really like that scene. Because I don't know. <laughs> That's a good scene. It was, like, really, like, intimate. But then I was just like, please don't touch each other. But I don't mind watching yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> Like, this is a good scene here. Maybe don't dose her on heroin. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to ask Itcha to tell us what drug they, they end up oh, doing. Because heroin it's mixed wild. with MDMA. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like a please don't do that type of moment. <laughs> like, like there's, some, there's some scenes in movies where I just want to kind of like jump in and please please like please don't do that. Because that those are like two drugs that should never be together. But I mean, it worked out for them because it's kind of yeah. You would think it would be like a reverse Reese's peanut butter cup situation, <laughs> right? Like this, I don't know. I've heard, I've heard just, good like, things. Like the little mini Reese's pieces are just stuffed into the peanut butter cup. That's where heroin and MDMA is. It always um, blows my mind that um, that speedballs are a thing where it's like. <laughs> cocaine and heroin and you just inject that into yourself and it's like it's clearly it's literally because it kills so many people it was a yeah. Hendrix and Belushi <laughs> and and Chris Farley right and it's like mm. you literally just do it to kill yourself it seems like right yeah that reminds me I had a note uh when Stefan was showing off his like stunt driving uh on the street at night and I was like yeah this is a good thing to do after you've had a little red wine and a bump <laughs> yeah exactly yeah well, when you, know, when you, you inevitably know, you know get pulled over really. for this that won't cause any issues yeah no but you know how that feels you just feel immortal and you want to just try to <laughs> fucking drift your car around the corner as often as you can i get it it is funny though because i was a little worried during that scene but then i was like oh no we know how he dies <laughs> like, <laughs> he didn't he didn't crash the car and his body went flying into his apartment and fell on a bullet. I thought maybe there'd be like so, like an arrest or some pictures or something more, but apparently it didn't even take those pictures to drive over the edge. It was odd that he was pretty like, once we find out at the end, a little too saintly, because it's like the worst thing we see him do is drive recklessly, because <laughs> you find out he wasn't having an affair at the end. Yeah, that he was going to therapy <laughs> trying to improve himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, he was still hanging out in a bathroom with some girl, and they were like really close to each other. <laughs> like, I don't know, it was it was weird, because it's like, uh, between that, like finding out like, Oh no, he was perfect other than killing himself. He was great. And like then the videos of him saying all the best stuff about love and loss and shit. Yeah. It was like, okay, we get it. Stefan was fantastic. Everybody loves Stefan. <laughs> and Luke Evans talking about how he's the best person in the entire world. Yeah. Granted, Luke Evans might be not the best judge of character in this situation. That is true. He's literally the guy's drug dealer. <laughs> he's like, he's my best friend, man. I love him. There was a funny line early on. Um, where she's talking to her mother's doctor about, and they're like, oh, we, we would have to remove the thing. And she was like, oh, you'd have to remove something from her brain. And then she says, would that be considered brain surgery? <laughs> it's like, if not that, then what, Catherine? <laughs> but I was assuming she was maybe a little dazed from finding out her mother had to have brain surgery. But it still made me laugh when I heard that line. 
It's like, did you think it was just a concept and it had never been done before? <laughs> like, oh, this is that mythical brain surgery they, they always talk about. I really just, overall, I liked Catherine's character and I liked the way that she handled herself. Because I, ha- I have a note here that this whole film, she's sort of on the outside of quote-unquote interesting men. And it was nice to sort of follow her character arc all through that. Well, it, yeah, you're you're right in that, like, uh, a movie maybe from uh, uh, the hands of somebody a little more blunt and mainstream would be, like, Michael Shannon's perspective, right? Yeah. Or, like, or- Michael Shannon and uh, Catherine in this film, it, it kind of felt, like, lost in translation a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, like a reverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, I agree. Like, it's like... Uh, I mean, I don't think Luke Evans would really be the main character. He'd always be the sort of interesting weirdo. But like Michael Shannon, I could see a version of this movie with Michael Shannon as the lead, where he like meets this grieving woman, right? <laughs> or um, or even one where Stefan is like the lead, and it's all about his troubles and difficulties and whatnot. Um, so it is interesting to have her perspective be the one that we follow. And I had never seen the writer and director Meredith Danluck. Um, this was, like, her first, like, big thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I liked it. Like, I thought she did a good job. Like, it, even though I would say I didn't like it on the whole, I think I enjoyed it enough to be excited to see what she does next. And that's way more than you could have said for Mary Kornhauser. Who the fuck is Mary <laughs> Kornhauser? <laughs> she, she was the writer of Zandalay. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about Kornhauser. Yeah, that's a big no thanks. Oh, I just got re-upset with the vagina thing. I was thinking about that during the heroin scene. Oh, I thought you were going to say, I was thinking about that at work today. At least Luke, Luke Evans is actually a gentleman and not going to lie. <laughs> Michael Shannon is lovely in this I, I want to, I, that's what I want <laughs> my sort of major point to be, is that he's fantastic in this. But yeah, Catherine Waterston's great too. Like, she's she's kind of a weird actress too, not in like an odd way, but in like a yeah, in an odd way. <laughs> she's kind of <laughs> like uh, I mean, women rarely get the kind of roles that a person like Michael Shannon could get where he gets to show off a lot, right? Yeah. But she could easily play a role like that and do it really well. Like, um, so I think they fit because they were both, they're both kind of closet weirdos in this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just based on the character types that we know from them. Right. And she was totally fine with that fucking hair wash. So, well, she wasn't totally fine. With it, but <laughs> she was, she was pretty uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> she, she was uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, do we have Rex to go with this film? Yes. Or any unsolved murder <laughs> games that you've brought, Incha? No, I don't have. Yeah, I was. Ha- no. Is this? Is it murder or suicide? Oh <laughs> shit! That would have been so much fun. Fuck! I'm sad now that I didn't think of that. Anyway, do your Rex. Now I'm upset. <laughs> or a game called uh, "States Like Sleep," and you, <laughs> you, it's we try to guess which uh, state in in the U.S., um, goes to bed earlier. <laughs> States that likes, like... Ohio. It's always Ohio. <laughs> it's, it's gotta be Ohio. Yeah. 
Um, so my recommendations, I would say uh, Alien Covenant from more Catherine Waterston. She's great in that. And you get to see this haircut again. Um, the Missing Person with Michael Shannon. Um, he plays an alcoholic private eye. So that kind of fits in it. And uh, Furious 7 for Luke Evans. Because I think <laughs> that's his best role so far. Um, I would say uh, the obvious for me would be Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Uh, but I would also throw out uh, Lost in Translation, Up in the Air, and uh, beloved Canadian series Little Mosque on the Prairie. Because I spent oh, half the... this movie trying to remember where I remembered that doctor from. <laughs> yeah, Car- Carlo Rota or whatever yeah, the actor? Carlo yeah, Carlo Rota. From, oh and I'm like, God. oh, it's Little Mosque on the Prairie. <laughs> I know him from... Uh... Almost the exact opposite show from Little Mosque on the Prairie. He was on 24 for a couple of seasons. <laughs> that, is, that is the opposite show. Almost literally the exact opposite. He has range. He's a good actor. He's a good actor. I always like when he pops up and stuff. Um, I guess mine, because I, I saw Little Woods back to, like, back to back when I saw this at the festival and it kind of like has the, it carries the same tone. Um, Midnight Special and Take Shelter for more Michael Shannon. Um, for Catherine Waterson, even though she was in it for t- literally 20 seconds, um, Logan Lucky. Um, oh yeah. The Haunting of Hill House for more Michael because he's such a piece of shit in that show and I love it. Um, Michael Heisman? Yeah. yeah. He's such a dick in it. Yeah. <laughs> and this is a it's not a it's not it's not a direct yeah i'm just gonna eyes wide shut yeah yeah (laughs) it's i i since we were talking about it i am so surprised at how wholesome this movie is overall considering the like sex clubs and drug dealing it's a wholesome film this is the only wholesome film that i'll bring you yeah they do keep it uh weirdly pg (laughs) (laughs) Probably an R rating for content or whatever, but it's it really doesn't need to be. Is it? Um, Wait, I don't know. Well, I family, yeah, fa- family fun for one and all. That's what I say. I'm not 12, so I don't need to check the ratings on movies anymore before I watch them. So, so I don't know. And oh, it's not rated. Oh, okay. Oh, I am. Well, it'd probably be at least. I mean, for the drug use and the the idea of a sex club and stuff. It will, oh, in the scene, the hair washing scene. They probably oh, yeah. But I mean, it's because it, that's the annoying thing about the fucking rating systems. Because literally nothing. Uh, I'm getting mad, and it's not even rated, so I can't. <laughs> but like a scene like that, because it's not. I mean, it's it's still a weird scene, but because mm-hmm. it's sort of realistic, whatever. Like yeah. That would get an R rating over like a PG thirteen like stupid fucking Porky's type comedy. Plus, right? don't forget they called that mother a bitch. <gasps> don't worry, I'll bleep it in the podcast. Okay, good. Thanks. <laughs> uh, if you do bleep, um, well, you'll just kind of. I was gonna say if you do bleep it, uh, Billy said the N word. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Tschüss.